0: Hello, this is Talking Aerospace Today, a podcast for the aerospace and defense industry. A place that brings the promise of tomorrow's technology to the ears of our listeners today. I'm your host, Scott Salzwedel. Welcome to episode two of our five part series, Driving Innovation Through Digital Transformation. We're in the early stages of a huge innovation wave spreading throughout the industry. Finding the right technologies is key to success and significant profits. Today in our second podcast, we'll be discussing aerodynamic design of eVTOL aircraft. In addition to the ultra-cool shapes of eVTOLs, you'll also have to consider tile rotors and tilt wings, which all play a very heavily role in aerodynamic design. Before we get started, to recap our last episode, we talked about the early innovations in the AD industry and how a new wave of innovation is quickly being realized by companies that embrace the digital transformation. If you missed it, I urge you to take a listen. In this podcast, we'll be discussing e aerodynamic design. Now, this is tricky stuff with so many engineering principles to keep in mind, like fluid dynamics and heat transfer. Aerodynamic design of an e aircraft also impacts performance, efficiency, and cruising distance. So aerodynamics is extremely critical here. I'm pleased to introduce my special guest, Dale Tutt, who is vice president of aerospace and defense at
1: Siemens Digital Industry Software. Welcome, Dale. Thanks for stopping by. Hey, thank you, Scott. I'm very pleased to be here today. Happy to be talking about this topic. Okay, so innovation.
0: Could you please share with our listeners how we plan to roll out this new podcast series?
1: Yeah, so we're talking about all this innovation around urban air mobility. So today we're going to talk about aerodynamic design. Then on our next podcast, we'll talk about another aspect of designing EV tolls, and that's the power density and thermal management that's involved. And then we'll be moving on to talking about structural design, uh, using composites and additive manufacturing. And then finally, we'll wrap it up with a nice discussion around electrical system design. So we'll cover some of the most important aspects of the engineering of these uh, urban air mobility or eVTOL aircraft. Great.
0: Thanks, Dale. So I should also mention that later in this episode, we'll be joined by Durrell Rittenberg, Director of Aerospace and Defense for Simcenter at Siemens Digital Interestry Software. So pleased to have Durrell on the show today. But first, Dale, when talking about aerodynamic design of eVTOLs, what's the one thing that makes these aircraft so unique? Uh, Is it the blades, the propulsion? What do you think?
1: I think it's the differences in aerodynamics design. And you think about so many airplanes out there and even helicopters, and they've kind of taken on the same look and feel throughout all the different eras around and how they're designed. And now, today, you see with all these new drones and all these urban air mobility vehicles, there's a much different design. So, you know, a lot of times people think that tilt rotors really started with the V22 when it came out in the last 20 years. But in reality, the concept actually goes all the way back to 1902 by the French Swiss brothers, Henry and Armand Dufault. And they actually got a patent in February 1904 and made their work public in 1905. And so this concept of tilt rotors goes way back in time, but it really has just started to come to the forefront in the last uh, few years. So when we start talking about these urban air mobility uh, vehicles, there's so many different configurations that a company can look at. Tilt rotors, tilt wings, and many different numbers of rotors, four, six, eight. They're all different sizes or shapes. Some of them have pusher props. It's quite a challenge in in your aerodynamic design. And and then the E in eVTOL, the electrical part, is really a big deal. So you have to be much more conscious how you manage your weight, your performance, the speed, uh, and the efficiency in order to help manage your battery capacity. So this really brings us up to the challenges with uh, aerodynamics in eVTOL design. And this is around rotor dynamics and how you manage different flight phases, whether you're hovering or in your cruise flight. And it changes if you're low to the ground or if you're higher up in the air. You know, you, if you're low to the ground, you have to manage winds and turbulence in, in a different flight regime. So a lot of moving parts in the design of these eVTOL aircraft.
0: What are companies doing with all these factors? How do they solve something like this? It just It just seems so complex.
1: I think it's a combination of the, a lot of the older practices with the new. So, uh, using computational fluid dynamics or CFD analysis and with, with wind tunnel testing and, and how you're using those together, how you're doing your ground testing and, and your flight testing is different than what we've done in the past. And then as you're bringing all of this together into a single aircraft, you're really how you're doing your multidisciplinary design analysis and optimization and, By applying this optimization, companies are now discovering new designs faster using early simulation.
0: Okay, so at this point, I'd like to bring Durrell into our conversation. Durrell is an expert in A&D simulation throughout all phases of product lifecycle development. Darrell, uh, Dale just mentioned computational fluid dynamics. Can you explain to our listeners what this means and why it's important to the aerodynamic design of EV tolls?
2: Scott, thank you uh, for bringing me into the conversation. When we think about how companies have been leveraging multi-physics CFD to extend their engineering understanding and, and really to be asking different types of questions, that perhaps uh, in latter days, we thought about using CFD as a mechanism for external aerodynamic of basically simplified geometries. And those days are basically behind us. And to really make this effective, people are leveraging automation of high-fidelity analysis of fluid dynamics and heat transfer to really understand true performance, real-world performance of their vehicle. And this uh, allows them to really help with the aerodynamic design that extends both the range and stability of these aircraft.
0: Wow, that sounds complicated. So how do you know the CFD is right?
2: Well, I don't believe there's been a program in the last, say, 15 to 20 years that haven't used simulation in some capacity. To understand how CFD can be used, an organization really has to think through a couple of things. First, are there time-tested methodologies and best practices that can be applied? How do you validate those results? I mean, that's really important for the eVTOL community because many of these designs do not have a Historical analog. There's nothing you can go back to and say, "Hey, uh, we're just going to build an aircraft that looks very much like you know some of the earliest Korsky aircraft." So you have to be able to validate those those data, and that that means that you need to look at wind tunnel and flight test data, and you have to be able to validate the numerics. So if you want to leverage simulation as part of the overall process for achieving certification, you need to look at all of the mechanisms of the numerics and the application to make sure that it's right. And that really means we have to verify these critical cases against flight test, if at all possible.
0: So, Darrell, could you give an example or two on how we're helping our customers and what you just described?
2: I think one of the best examples actually is uh, is from Joby Aviation. Now, for some of you who may not know, Adobe Aviation is out of Santa Cruz, California, And they are one of the first companies to really look at eVTOL and start to ask questions about what could they do to ultimately develop an innovative strategy for VTOL transition to forward flight. And the challenge they had, of course, is they wanted to use something called a blown wing configuration. Basically, they had a bunch of small electric motors with props that were mounted on the wing. And what would happen is during VTOL, they would tilt, they could actually fly up, and then as they uh, went into the main mission, they would tilt those nacelles so that they were in cruise. Now, in cruise, you don't need that many propulsive engines. Effectively, you can, can reduce energy utilization by tucking those props back into the nacelle. Now, the challenge they had was that there really wasn't an analog that they could point to and say, okay, someone's already done this. How do we know this is going to work? Early on, they partnered with Siemens to look at the aerodynamics to understand both the aerodynamics and the cooling because those electric motors generate a lot of heat. They brought in NASA, and NASA actually developed something called the X-57 Maxwell. It is a fixed-wing aircraft with a blown-wing configuration using the technology from Joby Aviation. So there's really two things uh, here. One is the the aerodynamics. And the second is how do you validate it? And so Joby Aviation worked with NASA and with Siemens to develop a strategy to look at the, the overall aerodynamics and to understand whether or not this methodology would work. And it's a great example of how partnering both with government and with commercial entities, Siemens was able to really help this design move forward. Joby Aviation is now... In the final phase of building uh, their next entry into urban air mobility, and they'll be moving into test phase in the next six months, so a lot of progress in that time frame
0: Wow, wonderful, compelling examples. so I would imagine our accelerator portfolio has a lot to do with this
2: absolutely yeah there's a couple of things to to bear in mind. I talked about it a little bit. certification is and' we'll, likely in the foreseeable future, be the most expensive part of any program. And when you think about a a vehicle like Joby, where there isn't a historical, and you go out to the FEA and say, hey, we believe we deserve a type certificate for airworthiness. They are looking for an example and they're saying, well, geez, there's nothing on the market that's like this. That's where the accelerator really plays a role. It's the idea of having that digital thread from those requirements all the way through demonstrating them through either simulation or test, and ultimately using that as part of a means of compliance. Without that digital thread, you're really at a lot of risk for these programs stopping at the certification phase. That's critical both on the, the certification, but also when you think about how you're going to go from building one of these things, which when you're building experimental aircraft, that's easy. For urban air mobility, we're talking about hundreds, if not thousands of vehicles. So they have to start thinking about how does this all fit into their digital manufacturing strategy. And the last thing I'll bring up is in the context of flexibility. You know, Siemens is one component of the tool set that's used at Joby, but there are other tools as well. If they can't connect to that digital thread in an open and easy way, you really run into risks where at some point in this digital thread, things start to break down. So fluid dynamics, which is only one piece of a broader set of capabilities that I believe we'll talk about in many upcoming episodes, it's really bringing that together to help with a virtual or real digital engineering strategy. So that's kind of how we help our customers really kind of drive from that innovative idea through to a, a certified aircraft.
0: Oh, wow. Thanks, Terrell, for a wonderful explanation. Dale, we're talking about the digital transformation here. Is there anything more you'd like
1: to add? Darrell really covered it really well. Yeah, I think I will just, you know, kind of note a couple of things. You know, with Accelerator, there's so many tools in your in your toolkit now that you can use as you uh, as you work through the full life cycle of a program. Really tackling the complexity, you know, using this digital, this comprehensive digital twin, as Darrell mentioned, is transformational for companies and being able to do that through the full life cycle and having that connectivity. We often talk about digital transformation and and how it can help with your productivity, but also I think how it helps with your innovation, that you're able to come in and you're able to start automating tasks and automating workflows and seamlessly hand off data between different applications. So going from your CAD into your simulation, into your manufacturing environments and being able to have that connectivity and those task automations that really free up your technical team, your engineers, your, your technicians to solve challenging problems and come up with more creative solutions. So really, I think that's you know, what I always think about with digital transformation overall and the ability to help companies really innovate faster on these new solutions. You know
0: what, guys, I'm afraid, but that's all the time we have today. Darrell, thank you for joining us.
2: Hey, Scott, I really enjoyed hanging out with you and Dale.
0: Thanks, Darrell. I think what we learned here today is Siemens Aerospace and Defense is ahead of the curve when it comes to innovation. It's no surprise we're bringing the technology of tomorrow to our customers today in a number of very real and proven ways, as you just mentioned, Daryl. So, Dale, thanks for joining the show today.
1: Hey, no problem, Scott. And it's a pleasure. has been all mine. And, and thank you, Daryl, for joining us as well.
0: Dale, before we say goodbye, could you tell our listeners what to
1: expect in our next episode? Absolutely. It's, uh, it's going to be a good one. We're going to be talking about eVTOL electric propulsion, which is so much more than just battery power. It's about managing your power density and your thermal management and all the systems on your aircraft. And I can't wait to talk about it. Thanks, Dale. Should be a good one. And of course, I'd
0: like to extend my deepest thanks
1: to our listeners.
0: I'm glad you tuned in to this episode. Thanks, listeners. At the top of the show, I mentioned this is a five-part series. If you enjoyed this episode and you don't want to miss an upcoming episode, please subscribe to Talking Aerospace Today on Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you go to get your favorite podcast. That way you won't miss a single episode. You can also check out the links in this podcast description. My name is Scott Salsweedle, and this is Siemens Talking Aerospace Today. I hope you'll join us again for our next podcast. Until then, bye for now.